Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Timmy Gibson Show. Thanks for joining me today. I'm super freaking jazzed about Indy Nile. I ran across this drag therapist while uh, perusing YouTube, looking at uh, Love is Blind episode or season three content. Cause I just finished watching season three with my fiance and it just brought up so many wonderful conversations. In fact, uh, Indy, we, every episode we watched, it, you know, it's an hour episode or whatever. It took us two hours because we would stop and talk about how crazy, you know, Matt is, or, oh my gosh, Bartice, or, oh my gosh, you know, it's just like, we couldn't get through an episode without stopping and talking about it. Right, yeah, I bet. I mean, I, just hearing you say that, it just occurred to me what it must be like to watch this with a partner, because I'm single, so I watch it alone, but I I bet it must be, uh, yeah, very interesting to yeah. watch with someone else, you're in a relationship. Wow! Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of. I'm. I'm telling you, we're learning a lot about each other, and and not just how the couples react with each other, but really like you like that character. Why do you like him or her? Like what? You know, like I think they're crazy. How could you? You know, because you oh, kind of wow. start rooting for different yeah. people. You know, at least I did. You start like you start even pairing people. You start going, oh, I like this person for this person. And then as they whittle it down, you know, then it ends up being whatever it is. And, you you know, you, you find out if your matchmaking skills were good or not. Right. Okay. I, I'm actually curious now that you bring this up. Like who, who uh, which person did you uh, disagree on when you said like you like him and your partner didn't or the other way around? Do you have an example? Yeah. You know, so we didn't. So we, we were pretty in line, but I have a co-host that's on my podcast. Her name's Pammy Nicholson. Uh, she's, she does, she's like my co-host for my weekly podcast. And she, I said, Hey, listen, you got to watch love is blind season three. And she watched it and she actually really liked Matt and Colleen. <laughs> and I was like, that is the most Yikes. toxic. I know. I was like, that is like a crazy toxic uh, unhealthy attachment, you know, like dear Lord anyway, but it was just interesting because she, she saw it different than me. You know, uh, I just found that. Yeah. So it, she did. So for me, uh, and, and by the way, I'm going to backtrack here in a minute and find out your story here in a second. But, um, I was Perfect. so, I loved Cole. I just, I, I loved Cole, even though he was immature, I loved Cole and female wise. I, I really liked Colleen, but, be, but by the end of the season and by the end of the end of the end of the season, you know, after SK pulled his shit, I really fell for Raven. She, I thought she was going to be a superficial, you know, into herself. She's fitness. She's attractive. But by the end, I was like, you know what? She's precious. She is. I, I'm totally in agreement with you. Like Cole is definitely my favorite guy because exactly what you said, he's immature, which is something that we all go through. And at one point in time, we were all immature. So it's not like a character flaw. He just needs to have some growing up to do. But the other guys are pretty toxic. And yeah, yeah Raven is definitely my favorite. Yeah, yeah. for sure. That's, so we're going to unpack a lot of that and I, I can't wait to get into it. But um, 
Indy Nile is a, a YouTuber. A, you're called a, a drag therapist, which I'm so curious about what all that means. So introduce yourself to, to the audience here and let us know a little bit about you, how you got started even doing YouTube videos, because I'm going to tell you right now, Indy, you, you, I've watched a lot of videos. You're really, really good. And I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed with you. I was shocked. Yeah. Like I just assumed I was like, well, this guy's got millions of followers or whatever. And then when I saw that you're growing your channel, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm getting to this guy before he's big time. And I hope he never forgets me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, that's, that's very sweet. Yeah. I mean, this is all very new to me because, you know, I've had quite a funny path to all this. I, uh, well, I'm a drag artist. I have been for the last two years, but before that, I used to make documentaries for 15 years. I was like behind the scenes kind of guy. You never saw me. I never put on wigs, nothing. And something changed during the pandemic. And I just started a YouTube channel. And I thought, okay, I'll make short films. But the performer side in me, which has been suppressed since I was a kid, apparently just came out. And I started making these lip sync videos. And I did that for a couple of years. And having like, I don't know, 800 subscribers like in two years. So it's basically my network, really. Right. And then uh, in December, towards the end of season three, uh, right before the finale, I think, or before the reunion, I was watching another guy on YouTube because I watch these reviews myself all the time. <laughs> and there was this guy who has a YouTube channel called The Mental Breakdown. And I watch, uh, I watch his review because it appealed to me because I deal with the themes of therapy and psychology a lot. I'm just fascinated with that and human behavior in general. And I saw that his channel blew up overnight. And I'm like, God damn, like, why, why, don't, I, why don't I try? I, I watch these people review stuff all the time. And I did that and I posted the video. I was kind of embarrassed, to be honest, and thinking, oh, what are my friends going to think? I'm doing reviews. This is embarrassing, blah, blah. And then I went to sleep and I woke up and the video had like 10,000 views. And I immediately uh, shot up to like 2,000 subscribers <laughs> and I start, my video started getting monetized. And I'm like, all right, okay. So I guess we're doing this. So it's this all this stuff has been happening literally just since December. And oh my gosh. The channel's been blown. Well, it's you deserve great. it. You I deserve it. it. You're you really, really, you. you really are good at it. I'm not kidding. And, and I love the little the lip sync things that you do. And in fact, you know, I'm familiar with Abraham Hicks. I'm from. I was just giggling because I was like, oh my gosh, I bet he knows I, Louise Hay. Uh, I used to do a lot of her meditations yeah. in the morning, at night, and just some of the people you were uh, lip syncing to. I thought, oh my gosh, I really love this dude. He's, 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 he knows some of the same people that, <laughs> that I am familiar with, you know, from like, I don't know, self-help or. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, 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 my drag, because my, I started drag at a relatively later stage in my life I, after having gone to therapy myself and gone through all that, like, I don't know, self-healing journey, if you like. Sure. I feel like my drag is so heavily informed by that. And most, I do lip sync theater shows here where they are like therapy sessions where I play myself and the therapist giving me advice. So it's kind of, it's become my thing as well. That's where the drag therapy bit comes in. And Abraham Hicks, I'm a huge fan of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're, you're, you're insightful. I, yeah, I mean, I've, I've watched, uh, I've, 
I've watched this. I forget his name right now. I, I wish I could remember it. But there's a there's a guy that does reviews on on season three, at least right now. I'm sure he's done it on all of them. But he's a licensed therapist out of Seattle. And I think that's kind of even his. Right, his yeah. t- t- you've probably seen him. And he does reviews. Yeah. He'll like just kind of go through little segments of of Cole and psycho narcissistic Zenob. You know, it's like he kind of goes through <laughs> yeah. different scenes and it feels good. So I'm a relationship coach. I'm a matchmaker. I'm a wedding officiant. Long story short. So I grew up religious, like evangelical, Pentecostal, like speaking in tongues, religious. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so I graduated high school in 1987, went off to Bible college and uh, got kicked out. Uh, for misbehaving and then kind of took a year to collect myself and see what am I going to do? And I decided to, you know, I was still religious at the time, then went to another seminary, graduated, um, and just, and you know, I was very religious. I'm not religious now at all. Um, I would even say I'm just a spiritual agnostic, um, at this, at this point in my life. Um, so, so my life is just, it's like I'm living a whole nother life because I just don't even think the same that I did back when I was, um, an Uber religious person, you know, when, when did the transformation, uh, when did the change happen or like, when did religion leave your life? Yeah. You know, I, I spent most, so I, I was married for a long time and then got divorced back in 2019 and then met my unbelievable fiance um back in 2021 and um and we're getting married this coming uh april next month um and she's just she's yeah she's just a i got super super lucky i outpunted my coverage she's just an unbelievable person but anyway so religion gosh you know i saw lots of holes in it Early on, even when I was in Bible school, I remember thinking, that sounds like bullshit. Like that sounds, <laughs> that doesn't, that sounds mythical. Like that sounds so weird. And anytime I would bring my friends uh, to, to church, you know, they were always wigged out. And I remember thinking, okay, is it, am I weird? And is what I'm believing weird or are they weird and just need to be saved by Jesus? You know, it's like, what's like, what's going on here? And, you know, I grew up, I had a lot of good, uh, you know, gay friends. So, you know, that didn't jive well, like that was always preached against. And so that was a real weird thing within the, within the church. My, my roommate was gay and, and I'll never forget. He was 21. He was, uh, tortured because his parents sent him to some kind of pray the gay away, some kind of bullshit program when he was younger. And, you know, obviously it didn't, yeah, it didn't work. Uh, and so he, he was just filled with shame and, and it was just terrible. And he and I were really close and I just, I felt for him, you know, I just, I didn't, I don't know. I just didn't understand that struggle because I didn't share the same struggle. Um, and finally, I think it was like when we were 21, he finally (laughs) told me, he's like, I'm gay. (laughs) And I was like, dude, like I knew this. I'm so glad that <laughs> yeah. you're, it's like everybody yeah. knew this. So I was just glad that he, he yeah. accepted it. He, and he's been with the same partner now for like 35 years. His name is Maurice. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's Maurice Sherry. He's yeah, just a wonderful it's crazy, guy. It's crazy what, 
whenever we're in the, I mean, I'm gay myself. And when you're in the closet, I mean, you're, you think that nobody knows, but that closet is very transparent. Usually everybody can see it. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So that, that started it. So, yeah. So my journey then, you know, I had, I, I was starting, it started really slow, Indy. I mean, it started with little things like that, like, okay, God, you know, God, this is what I believe then, right? If God makes us all, you know, he, he made, I was born heterosexual and then my friend was born homosexual. Well then why in the fuck would God that created him like that then judge him and send him to hell? Like it just didn't, you know, it wasn't making sense in my brain. I thought this is, this is fucked up. Something about this is fucked up. And then, you know, the deeper I went into it and the things that were basically said, which is, if you believe in Jesus, you're going to heaven. Every other kind, caring, loving person on the planet is going to go to hell. And that just sounded like fucking bullshit. I was like, there's just no way that is the way the world works. That sounds so fucking stupid. And uh, so it was probably about 2018. Um, that it just became clear to me that this is a man-made thing. It's not real. It's mythical. I mean, maybe Jesus actually existed and he was probably a rabbi, a teacher, whatever, like a guru, kind of like Gandhi or whatever, or Buddha. And, and all this stuff is just mythical and it's just made up. Yeah, it's definitely man-made. It's it's crazy. Once we, cause I grew up uh, as well, religious and it's, it's funny when you're a kid, you're so, I think to leave religion would mean losing your attachment to loved ones and family. And you probably don't want to do that as a kid. You're too scared. But then when you start to grow up, you start to realize, yeah, indeed that it's just a story. Yeah. But unfortunately, it has such a hold on people for some reason. But yeah, it's really a man-made story. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just you know, so toxic. Too. So it's relatively you. What's that? It is. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's relatively new to you in a in a sense when you say 2018, like it's kind of yes, relatively recent, right? Yeah, and I'll tell you, it's well. Here's what's so crazy about it. I, you know, I lost a lot of friends uh, through through the divorce too, but also through my leaving the faith because I was I did I forgot to tell you I was a pastor. I was pastoring a church of oh, 300 wow. people. <laughs> Yeah. So like I had a, I had a following, I was teaching, you know, I was, I was like, you know, balls deep as they say, I was like down in there. And then I, you know, I shut all that down. I had to walk away because I was like, I don't believe this anymore. So I can't do this anymore. And so I, I lost a lot of friends and, 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 uh, got new ones. And then I come to find out that people that aren't religious at all, were wonderful people, many of them. And I was like, this is wild. I thought everybody outside the church were evil, like devil worshipers. <laughs> and, and, oh my God. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I mean, not, I'm being a little facetious, but I mean, I did. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought yeah, it, yeah. you know, it's the people in the church that are good. People outside the church are bad. Uh, people in the church go but to heaven. Crazy, you know, you know. You know what? I think we, we do lose a lot of friends, in, even if you forget religion, when you just become, let's say, more spiritual or you change some, your, something changes in your belief system, you do, your relationships tend to change. I mean, you, you, uh, uh, you know, marriages fall apart, friendships fall apart sometimes when you, yeah, when you start to see things, see things differently. 
Yeah. I've I've noticed that in my life. Yeah, it just yeah. all it all unraveled. It just all unraveled. And I feel more peace, more contentment, more alignment with the world, more connected to the world or universe, whatever. It's like I feel so much better than I'm out from underneath such a toxic belief system. And I know if there's a Christian listening to this, you know, that my particular group that I was a part of, I contend it was very toxic. It was a very unhealthy, toxic. I mean, think about it. I was afraid all through my life, even as a child of going to hell and burning forever and ever and ever. That's fucked up. Yeah. That's <laughs> just because you don't believe something. Yeah, it's funny though, but when just hearing you talk and just something in your voice, and when you uh, like, yeah, there's something you sound at, at, indeed at peace. I sound what? You sound at peace. So I think that's, that's yes. amazing. Yeah, you no. You sound I'm, like someone who was, yes. who was into religion in the way that you described. So, so that's great. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I think I may have missed what you said. Did you say you were raised non-religious or religious or? I was raised religious, but I was raised uh, Muslim. Oh, so okay. I can recognize, I grew up, yeah, I grew up in Dubai, but my fa- I wouldn't say my family, my immediate family isn't very um, religious or practicing, but the extended family was. And yeah, it's, it's more, it was more of like a cultural thing, I would say, because Dubai is a bit of a unique place in the Middle East. It is not... Um, yeah, it's uber capitalistic and everything is about business. So it's not very religious in the in that sense. Everybody's just trying getting on with their lives and doing their work. But yeah, the ideas are very traditional, and I've had yeah, I've had to kind of uh, overcome that yeah. as well over a very long period of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so- it started a bit early for me. I started when I was a teenager. When I came out to my family when I was a teenager, that was a bit difficult. But then. Yeah, but it's been a process getting it out of my head, like those ideas. Yeah, because so, yeah. isn't I, I? Again, I'm not super familiar with Muslim, uh, or is is it Islam? No. Yeah. What's yeah, the- it's Islam. Yeah, it's Islam. It's the same thing. I mean, this idea that you just said that uh, some people believe that they're going to burn in hell forever. I mean, it's honestly, it's all the same. Like yeah. religious, like ortho- people who are orthodox, like religious. Yeah, it's, it's the same across all religions. Yeah. It's so, a story that's really, when you're outside of it, you're like, wow, I can't believe people believe in this stuff. It's, I know. It's insane. <laughs> well, here's what's even weirder, Indy, <laughs> is to, to, I can, to know, like, how can I say this? It's like I have, my brain is split down the middle. I can still think like I used to think. Now, I don't think that way, but I mean, I can, if you would ask me a question, I could say, well, here's how I would have answered it. But here's what I think now. It's this weird dynamic of, yeah, I used to believe that Noah built a fucking ark and two of every animal went on that fucking ark. And like, I actually, <laughs> like, I actually believe that. And as I'm saying it, I mean, I could tell you, I mean, I could teach the Bible. I mean, I, I still know all the stuff. It's just, I just don't, I don't believe it anymore. And so it's the weirdest feeling to talk to someone like my, so my family's still very religious 
and and I love them. Yeah, they're, they're precious people, and you know we had to really have a come to come to Jesus talk because you know they were trying to save my backslidden soul. You know, and I I kept it finally got to the point the breaking point where I'm like, guys, you're never gonna see me again if you keep trying to save me. You know, like I I I just don't believe this stuff anymore, and I have the right to believe whatever the fuck I want to believe. And, and I, so when I hear people saying things that I used to say, <laughs> cause they really believe it, it boggles my mind. I literally look at them and think, yeah. how the fuck can they believe that? Why can't their eyes be opened? Uh, which that sounds kind of douchey for me to yeah. say it like that. Like I'm all enlightened now and I can see uh, it's just, I can just see it. It's like when you find out Santa isn't real. You know, it, yeah. it's, it's like that. It, when you, a little kid believes in it, you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And you know what? It's also very similar to it's when you're, let's say when you're busy in like toxic relationships and you finally stop having toxic relationships you fu- and you start watching some friends who are still involved in like, you know, toxic patterns with their partners. They're like, damn, I used to do that. It's actually the same thing. Yeah. But only you need to just get out of something to realize how crazy it was the way you were behaving or, or thinking. I find that a lot about relationships as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt that you can see, uh, see the, you can't see the forest amongst the trees. You know, once I, here's what I always tell people. They say when exactly. they, when they're asking me questions, I'll say, have you ever seen the movie, the village? Have you ever seen yes. it? Okay. It reminds me like that. So it was like, I lived in the village and there was an echo chamber in there, confirmation bias. You know, you're only fed one message, and and they reaffirm it, that message to the point where you're trying to you're making sense of things that clearly don't make sense to any thinking human except for you and the group that you're a part of. And it's like you escape the village and you get out in the world, and you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Everything they were teaching me in the village is pretty much bullshit. That is not how the world is. Yeah. Wow. So, so it's been a, it's been a great, great journey. And, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been super fun. Yeah. So I, okay. Season three, like I said, love, love is blind. So here's the question I have for you. Do you think love is blind? Uh, I don't know about that. I think I think it's blinding. I don't know if it's blind, but it's uh, it's it's crazy. Like the only good example I think is uh, Lauren and Cameron from season one. I mean, they're the only kind of like couple that I feel are are good and healthy. But yeah, I don't know if love is blind, and I don't know if that's something we should even aspire to, like not caring how someone looks. But yeah, uh, yeah I don't know if the answer to that. I don't think it's a black and white yes or no. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, I, I'm with you. I, I think that like, I like, I've never heard anybody say that. I'm going to steal that. It It's blinding. I think love is blinding. Uh, attraction. Yeah. Attraction is definitely not blind. What I've always said is love is blind to only the blind, meaning those that are actually blind. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Love is blind to those that are blind. But I, you know, I, I felt for, like I'm watching the series, right? And I'm seeing uh, Bartise, you know, talking to different people. And I have my opinion. Bartise was very immature, very young to me. But, you know, when he was talking to Raven, I remember thinking to myself, buddy, 
take it from me. You're going to want to pick Raven. <laughs> like that's who you're going to yeah. want to pick. Like I just knew that's who he would physically be attracted to. Now that wouldn't have worked. Um, and same with uh, Cole. I remember when Cole was with Colleen, I'm like, Cole, dude, if I could whisper in your ear, I'm going to tell you, don't pick yeah, Zeno, exactly, yeah. pick Colleen. Colleen's going to be who you would be attracted to, quote unquote, in the real world. So I was saying all that throughout yeah. the episode. Yeah, I do think Cole and Colleen are definitely a good, or would have been a good match. And I feel like, if Matt was out of the picture, they would probably be going for each other. You can even feel it in the after the altar episodes and just and their reunion and stuff. There is just kind of a hint of a chemistry there, there is or maybe bit. I'm just projecting on them. I would like them to be together. I think they they should be together. <laughs> well, I'm so glad to hear you Colleen say that. Has, uh, yeah. She has a lot of. She, there's something that connects her to Matt that I don't know what that is, but she needs to work through something. Clearly, that girl. She's, I don't see that lasting. Crazy. Do you do you think so? Here's what I think. I'm just going to tell you, my personal opinion is. Obviously, this is a reality show. These people clearly, in my opinion, did not come on the show because they were literally down on their luck on love and they were literally going on the show to find their true love. I don't believe that. I believe they're wanting their fame. They're want, I mean, there's a lot of reasons yeah. I think they went on the show. Now, I believe they were open to the possibility of finding love, of course. I think who wouldn't be if you're going on a show like that? I mean, at least be open to it, but I don't think that was their initial intention. So I think, I think there's this pressure because who are the couples that we're talking about? The couples that you and I are going to talk about in this podcast are only the ones that went the distance. We're not talking about that. Whether, right. whether they're like 15 guys, 15 girls initially. Yeah. 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 And so I, I don't know yeah, who any of them are. It. Yeah, and even uh, uh, Colleen said, I heard on one of the podcasts, she was talking about having chatted with two other guys that we never got to see. Right. And for a while, and it got almost got pretty serious. Yeah, indeed, there's so many that we don't even hear about, yeah, that don't make the edit. Right. So uh, I don't know if they're not, uh, they're not spicy enough, there wasn't enough, whatever. I don't know what the deal is, except all I do know is that where the, where where they, I think the ultimate goal rather than actually finding love is making it to the altar <laughs> with somebody. Uh, so I just think Matt and Colleen, I, to me, they're a shit show. Complete shit show. Complete shit show. And I think she's, she's such a people pleaser and she's, yeah, I, the way she said yes, that's all the way the, the lead up to the altar was going. I thought this girl is definitely going to say no. The way she was talking to her friends about, I, did oh, I don't know if he, and they were all saying he's not your type. And, and then I think she just said yes in the heat of the moment. She didn't want to disappoint people who were there. I don't know what her deal is, but I hope she leaves that arrangement as soon as possible yeah. because <laughs> that guy's scary. Yeah, he is. Oh, oh my gosh. Is- I thought his first blow up, I told my fiance, I paused it right there. I said, she needs to walk away from that psycho dude right now. Yeah, and this is just on camera. Imagine how he is when the cameras aren't there. Indy, I said the same exact thing. I said, look at this. This is on camera. He knows it. I can't imagine what that fucker's like off the camera. 
Yeah, and it's, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy, but yeah, I would I would love to be able to speak with um, with any of these people and really find out the tea, as they say, like how do they really feel about it? But I think for someone like Colleen, a few years need to pass, and she needs to kind of have some her her own inner transformation, much like the one that you're talking about with religion, the way you like left religion, and I think in a few years, Colleen would would have a lot of stories to say about how crazy this thing is that she had with Matt, but I don't think it's time yet. Right. Yeah. Like it feels she's still in it. She's still. Yeah. You, I think you did a, uh, I've, I've, I've watched most all of your uh, videos at this point, but there was one of them. I think you did about they're delusional. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was so good and so true. I mean, I'm just like, these people are, are living in a Lululand. They, this is not, <laughs> this is the craziest shit. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. I mean, the first season, you know, back to your point about you don't think they're on there looking for love. I agree because I think just the first season, there was a sincere search for love because nobody had heard of this show. But I think it's become so huge that most of these people that go on there, I really don't think they're looking for love. They're looking to grow their following, their business, and yeah, maybe indeed open to meeting someone and, or yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know about the internet. I mean, if they do, I, I always tell my friends, if there's a love is blind queer, I'd love to go on it. Oh, <laughs> that'd be so cool. Well, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm really, I'm, I'm really not trying to just flatter you by saying this. This time next year, uh, who knows what you're, what you're, if you keep doing this, uh, it's so good that you will be the person that has tens of thousands, if not even a, a million views on your videos. If, if you're going to keep it up and continue to do it on a regular basis. Hey, hang on one second. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. So, yeah, okay, I think, great. I think nice you just, me. I think you keep just seriously i'm i hope you do stay with this and continue to to pump out regular uh videos because uh you're it's not just unique you're clearly insightful um or intuitive or whatever oh, like and, and you're clearly my fiance is uh she went to she was going to actually be a therapist and so she had a lot of therapy type classes when she was in college and even, you know, she was like, this guy's really good. I go, I know he's super good. She goes, yeah, he seems like he's trained. And, or I think she may have said what you already said earlier. You said that you've gone to therapy, uh, which is where you oh, yeah. learned a lot too, which is my, me too. I mean, I, I learned in seminary, I did actually go to a lot of like therapy type stuff. Um, but then going to therapy, my, myself has been so helpful in helping me of course but also helpful in me as a relationship coach helping other couples yeah exactly yeah i mean the therapy i mean not all therapy works i think you have to have the intent you have to have the yeah, the willingness to to transform and change and want to like make your life better and good therapy is actually painful i find because yeah. changing is not easy yes. you know it's like so a lot of people just walk away walk away from that but I, I, I mean, I read psychology books for fun, and like I, <laughs> I, I just love this stuff. I'm just fascinated with human behavior. I always have been. Yeah. But the drag element is where I, I try to bring the fun into it because the, these topics tend to get very serious and dark real quick. So I think it's, at the end of the day, it's good to have a laugh as well and just 
not take life so seriously. hundred percent. I, I couldn't agree more. So a couple questions about the, this. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, but the, I mean, just to, uh, the people that are on these shows, they're indeed like in need for validation and all of that stuff. And they want fame, but I see those things in myself as well. Hopefully I'm not as delusional as them, but like I can also, the reason why I'm so, so fascinated is that I also feel their, the despair they have and the sadness, like I, I can connect to a lot of them. Yeah. So I think that has something to do with it as well. A hundred percent. I remember I, um, during my real intense healing journey, um, I, I remember I went to my therapist and I was, I was just crying. I was just a blubbering a buffoon. I was just really distraught. And through my tears, I said, I said, am I a narcissist? And I just don't know it. Am I blinded to my own? <laughs> and right, my exactly, therapist, exactly. He, you know, I mean, I've, we've, I've known him for 10 years and he's actually a personal friend now. And, uh, which a neat story, which I'll tell you in here in a second, but he, he started laughing, you know, here I'm, I'm sobbing. And through my tears, asking him if I'm a narcissist, and, and he starts laughing, and he said, Timmy, number one, a narcissist would never ask a therapist if they're a narcissist. Um, exactly. Yeah. Said, so the very fact that you're asking me, he said, number two, you know, I've been working with you for 10 years, and you're not a narcissist. And I was, And I was so relieved because I was like, am I, you know, I really was like, am I blinded? Because I've met so in this world, and I'm sure you have too, even watching this Love is Blind, it, it's like these folks, they're blinded to themselves. Like they're not aware yeah. of how they are. I, 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 it's, it, but yeah, then again, exactly. I'm, I'm guilty of it too. Yeah, yeah, at least, but, but like your friend, the therapist friend said, it, it, if someone is truly delusional or blind, they would never ask, they would never have enough self-awareness to wonder how they're coming across. So there's, so there's that. But indeed, I think we all have blind spots, right, about yeah. uh, certain things in our lives. That, and then we, hopefully we can, you know, pass that stage and, and look back and think, oh, damn, that was crazy how... I look at, you know, I've had one serious relationship in my life, like one long-term relationship. I was married for eight years with a, a lovely guy, but it just didn't work out in the end. And, yeah. But when I think back on the way I was behaving in that relationship, I cringe because I was really like, our, I, every now and again, I think of one of our arguments that we'd have and I'm like, damn, that was embarrassing. Like I was really delusional. Right. <laughs> so hopefully the next time around I can be a little bit more, but I've, I've gotten so used to being single that now it's become so comfortable and I'm actually scared to get into a relationship. Yeah. But I don't know what the deal is there, but I need, something needs to happen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it took me some time too. I remember, uh, through my, through the healing process, just, you know, like you said, just working myself out, trying to really look at myself, noticing where, I, you know, ha had faults and had made mistakes and different things. And thank God, you know, I'm still a work in progress, but man, uh, as a non-religious spiritual person, I am way better. One of the best things I ever did was let go of religion. That was f for me. Now, some people say that it makes them better. That's great. It filled me with guilt and shame and it caused me to hide. 
Like I, 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 because I couldn't be on my authentic self. I mean, I don't know if you know what I look like, but I don't, I wouldn't look like your typical conservative, like Christian person. Yeah. I saw your pictures on Instagram. Yeah. That's what I was, that's why I was surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It usually throws people for a curveball. They never would have looked at me and go, I bet you're a pastor. It's like that. That's never what they think. They're always like, "Are you a rock star, or a tattoo artist, or you know?" And I'm like, "No, my yeah, fiance is a rock star." Good. I mean, the layers. Yeah, that's interesting. The layers. I mean, the and I, you know, I'm also happy for you that you, you know, you're you seem happier without religion. But I, I would say that there, there must have been something good that it gave you. I'm glad that you see it differently. But I don't think that time was wasted. Like I'm sure it informed some of the stuff what you're doing now. Like you have having been a pastor and all of that, like there was sure you learned something from those experiences. Like it probably made you an even more insightful person now. Right. Yes. You know, yes. And that's, that's very kind of you to say, because I, I do sometimes poo poo on my, my religious upbringing, but I do, I am, I am thankful for a lot of what it gave me. And one of the things it gave me, I mean, you know, I mean, part of the teachings of Jesus is to, love and be kind and charitable and generous and forgiving yeah. and merciful and gracious and like all that stuff. I'm still down. I still am down for what I would consider maybe the, the message of Jesus per se, um, of being a, exactly. a, a good human and being kind and sympathetic and caring. And so, yes, that was definitely a part of the upbringing there there was the there was there was the crazy stuff but there was also yeah you know treat people well be kind you know uh which is so helpful which is such a it's just a better in my opinion it's just a better way to live yeah but when it came to truly expressing myself i think that's where you know it's funny even though even though i'm a straight guy i I reference this because I have such a strong connection with a lot of my gay friends. I say that, you know, it, it, it would be like what a gay person or a homosexual goes through being raised in the church. You know, they're, they're always not aligned. Like they know that they're different than what quote unquote, the church wants them to be. And so for me, though, it wasn't my sexuality. It was just me as a person I just wasn't aligning. Right. It was like I was, I was, you know, born. Uh, my nature was what I am now, but but I was nurtured into this religion, and once I got out on right my there. own, my nature just kept bubbling up, and finally, my my true nature was like, "Fuck this religious stuff. Let's do, <laughs> let's let's move on," yeah. and uh, and it was just. I mean, it's like my friend said when he finally came out, he said, Timmy, I feel absolutely the weight has been lifted. He said, even though my parents are disappointed, the fact that I came out to them and I've just, this is who I am and I'm owning it. He said, man, it was like a weight was just lifted off my shoulders. Yeah, The shame is gone. Yeah. At that point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part of it for me with the shame, the shame of, feeling bad for tattoos or feeling bad for earrings, which I know this sounds all so silly, but you know, I was raised that all that stuff was bad. So 
yeah. uh, coming, getting free from all of that and just being my true self has been just healing to my soul for sure. Great. I'm happy yeah. for you. Yeah. And I'm happy also that you found a partner that, you know, you're in line with and like that you, yeah, your fiance. So that's, that's yeah. great and inspiring for me. Yeah. Yeah. And she's a singer. I'll, I'll send you, uh, I'll send you her, her uh, album on Spotify. Please. Yeah. Yeah. She's really good. You'll, you'll yeah, love her. Love to hear. So, okay. Back to the, yeah. I'm curious, a few questions about the season. Cause I'm just so curious what your thoughts are. So, who was your favorite guy? Yeah. Who was your favorite girl? And then what? who was your favorite couple? And who do you think was the most toxic? A lot of questions there. Well, yeah. I mean, the most toxic is obviously Zenab. She's, wow, that girl is next level. The, <laughs> the, the inability or unwillingness to see things for what they are, to see how toxic she is and Yes, and what's crazy to me about the Zenab storyline is that after their reunion was aired and they showed that, you know, now famous scene with the tangerine. The he wasn't actually, yeah, the cuties, exactly. She's still doubling down. That's that. That's how, that's when you know there's no hope. She's delusional, She's absolutely. Really completely delusional. So, yeah, but I think many people share, share that opinion that she's not their favorite. But I think Raven has been my favorite I have to say since kind of the beginning and what I found out later about her that they didn't show in the edit that she, she loves animals and she takes, she takes care of a lot of animals. And I found it interesting that they never showed that in the edit. It was almost like they were painting a picture of her to be like this very superficial girl. Yep. And yeah, but uh, I like, I like that she never pretended to not care about her looks like she she's always very open and upfront about you know that being attractive and finding someone attractive is important to her but she's actually trying to find genuine love so i found i find it very precious her storyline with sk how she was slowly opening up to him and unfortunately he broke her heart in the end but yeah yeah so she's definitely my favorite and cole is my favorite guy definitely yeah yeah, there's no doubt. I, I don't know if it was you that said this or the Seattle therapist guy, but the one thing, because also Cole was my favorite. And then, like I said, she, she was, um, uh, Raven was my, my favorite female, her and Colleen kind of, but in the end it was definitely Raven. Um, for me, it was Raven made the big transformation. Like I thought she was superficial. And then by the end, I'm like, exactly. Oh my Lord. Yeah. She, she's great. But I, um, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, that the guy, I think maybe the what the, you were saying, it's either me or the guy in Seattle that said something. Oh, the the guy in Seattle. What did he say? Goodness, my brain just went. <laughs> yeah, there was something about he analyzed. He was analyzing. Um, oh my goodness, it'll come back to me. He analyzes. He, yeah, he analyzes every episode, and he just watches it in real time and. Was over it. Yeah. He's, oh, that's what it was. Yeah, Thank you. He he said, "Are you either you said this or he said it about? He thinks that it would have been a lot different had um that that uh, Zinab would have reacted different to someone had she matched with like a Matt, meaning someone not as handsome as Cole. Was that you or I, I, someone said that? I've watched so many videos at this point." But oh, they were, I, I I didn't I I didn't say that, but wow, yeah, that makes that makes sense because 
Yeah, that's that's a very good point. It made her more insecure. Just because he was so handsome. Indeed, it made her more. Exactly. And you could already tell the first night, you know, when they first meet and they go to, to, I think, this resort where they all just like spend the night together for the first time. And you could tell the next morning, right after they clearly had sex for the first time, she was already shutting down because she was interpreting his silence or him going for a jog in the morning as him, you know, being over her or not wanting to, yeah, now that he's, you know, he slept with her, he's not interested anymore. I don't know how she was interpreting it, but that's when the first red flag was, was showing up. And I think she is, a lot of these couples, I always feel they're attracted to each other sexually, but there isn't actual love. Right. And that's what I always struggle with. Like how, how do we separate and is it even fair or realistic to, to separate sex from love? Like where do we draw the line? Like what is genuine love and what is sexual attraction? I don't even know the answer to that one, but it's a very fine balance and something interesting to analyze, I think. But yeah, I mean, who, I mean, right. I'm with you. I, I, that's why another reason why I really liked Raven. I, I, and I'll be honest, I didn't dislike SK. I mean, I do now per se, but it, it, he seemed something seemed, and maybe I'm saying this because I know what's up now, but there was always something a little bit too mysterious about him that I was like, man, I don't know about this guy. He's awfully quiet. And, uh, but maybe he's just a super sweet, genuine guy from another culture. And I just can't, I'm not picking up on it because he's not from, you know, he's from somewhere else. And so I'm not picking up on his, his, you know, cultural ways. Um, you know, and I thought his mom was, was pretty sweet. Uh, but yeah, very sweet. Yes. So yeah, there's, there's the the whole thing of how Zenob, man, I was picking up on it early, early. I just didn't like her. I just was like, I don't like that woman. There's something about her. Just even the way she talks, just something about her, the way she talks, it just sounded like, well, I mean, Yeah, she's a raging narcissist. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. that's what you're picking up on. It's, it's it's insane. Like the way she, uh, I think her narcissism is very covert because she, even in the pause when she was talking about having lost her parents, which is of course horrible, but she, I feel like she uses tragedy to get sympathy. In a yeah, it's it's weird. It's there's definitely something off about her, and it's very passive aggressive. Yeah. But I think she's afraid, like all people like who have these kind of like deep issues. Yeah, she's clearly afraid to be hurt by someone. But yeah, poor Cole. Yeah. He, he was like a casualty. <laughs> man, and man, I'll tell you what, at that reunion, you know, when he was crying, I mean, I it, I just, and it, I'm sure, you know, it seems yeah. like from what I've seen online, I mean, she's definitely the villain of season three. Cole is the, the heartthrob. But man, at that reunion, did whenever they the the hosts I forget their names, but the hosts asked uh, Zenob, "Is there anything that you learned? You know that that was a takeaway?" And that fucking, <laughs> she said, "I guess I could have been, I could have extended more grace towards Cole." Grace, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was like, grace, yeah. "What the fuck, you crazy bitch!" Even after all <laughs> yeah. this, you're not gonna own up to your fucking craziness. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it's 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 insane. Yeah, she's she. Um, but I think when he started, the something turned when he started crying, which was really painful to us. Like, it was. The, that guy was really crying. And it was. Genuine. I think at that point she realized that the the the. the, the the tables were turning or that he was getting sympathy. And that's why she said even something more absurd when she started going on about, Oh, if, if this, if we were to do this all over again, I would still pick you knowing everything. It's like, what the fuck does that even mean? Like that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> that sounded, I know. I thought that, I'm like, what? <laughs> knowing that you like single handedly destroyed my confidence. I would choose exactly, you again. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and even at the, I don't know if you got a chance to see the after the altar episodes, the three episodes where she literally tells him that, uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I, I was uh, in love with you. I am in love. Oh, I meant I was. And yes. She's still trying to flirt, and she doesn't even know what she wants from him. It's yeah. Yeah, he would Craziness. be. He would be. I I would lose all respect for Cole if he would have taken that bait and kind of you know re reacted to yeah, her yeah, bidding yeah. or whatever like if he would have been like well let's try and make it work i'd be like cole, i would have jumped up out of my off my couch and been like screaming cole <laughs> run dude run i mean i thought he was just even the the wanting to kind of reconcile or just to you know hey we don't have i don't have any beef with you or whatever you know man i i think i'm a fairly forgiving guy like definitely i am the kind of person that if you, if if I was in Cole's situation, if Zinab apologized, like genuinely, really apologized, I'd be like, hey, it's all good. Like, I, we could be friends now. Like, I'm good. But, man, there's something in me. This is just me. I need more, more therapy, I guess. But there's a part of me in his situation now. I'd be like, I wouldn't even acknowledge her existence. Like, I would literally not talk to her. I wouldn't talk about her. I wouldn't say her name. <laughs> I, like I would have just, I, I, I would have been at that birthday party. Yeah. I would have been at that birthday party and never even approached her. She acted like a 12 year old junior high girl whenever he got there. And she's like, I suddenly have lost my appetite. I'm like, Oh my God. Grow yeah, the yeah, exactly, fuck up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was, and also caring so much about what dress you're going to, wear and that you want to make him jealous with with the way you look i mean you're clearly still into the guy like what the hell like what and it is indeed very high school yeah it's, it's embarrassing it was... but he is a very young guy you know he is still you know i think that's where i think we can give him leeway like he's he's what 25 26 he, yeah he's 27 30? now but he was 25 at the time okay yeah did you know yeah exactly. did you know so, he was his marriage only ended about a a year before the show Oh yeah, he, yeah, that's right. He was married before. Yeah, that's he was married for yeah, eleven months. Getting married so young, wow. Yeah, married for. I love the, the. There was a bit in in um, after the altar where he goes, you know, I attract drama, and he was kind of like being a little <laughs> facetious and joking that you know I love drama, and I thought that it shows some self awareness on his part that he's still enjoying these little games. Yeah. I'm like, okay, good for you. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, I laughed at whenever he said that uh, once they this the show aired his uh, Instagram, he was getting like ten thousand DMs a day <laughs> from I bet from women, I which bet. I can imagine. I'm like, well, of course he was, and Zena yeah, probably was like too. Was... <laughs> yeah, but I think in very different ways. I mean, 
not only is he handsome, but because she treated him so badly, I think he she ended up making him more popular. Yeah, I know. <laughs> after their reunion, when he cried. Yeah. I heard someone speculate that she got on the show to to make it to the wedding day, was never going to say yes. She literally was just playing the game. I don't know where I heard that. And I don't know if that's just speculation. Well, but. well that brings up an interesting issue because I always think they're, the people on Love is Blind, they're either contractually obligated to make it all the way to the altar and you know just to have more drama and to have all the episodes. Because a lot of them just, it almost feels like they need to stay you know, in contact and make the final decision just at the altar. Yeah. Because a lot of them, like you can tell they already, they're already checked out of the thing, but they can't seem to say yes or no before that. But yeah, I, I think at some point she did want him to be into her or she wanted, but she just, she's so deeply insecure that she misinterprets everything. Yeah. And she just wanted to punish him at the altar and, she wanted to humiliate him, I think. That was her goal. Well, I, I think the thing that I disliked about that the most, it's I've one of the biggest things I value in life is kindness, is being kind, being a kind person. The thing it was just yeah. mean. It was just mean. And it Very it, mean. it it, it yeah. just yeah, it just made me dislike her a lot. I was like, You're a mean person. And Cole was yeah. a sweet guy. Yes. Immature. Yeah. Needs to watch what he's saying. I mean, flirting with Alexa's stepmother. <laughs> Thinking, you know, it's like, I mean, I say flirting, not really flirting, but you know, like definitely Bartiz is like, Hey Cole, come on, Cole, let's go over here. Like, stop talking, dude. Yeah, he just has no filter. He's, he's really like a child. But anyway, he has Very no much. Filter, yeah. Yeah. It makes me like it makes me like him even more, like because he's at least sincere, and I feel in ten years he's probably going to be really ready for a relationship. I feel. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and I'm sure he. I would. Uh, he seems like the type of guy that really has learned a lot, not just that he needs to extend grace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God. So what did yeah. what was your thoughts on Alexa and Brennan? Oh my God, I I can't. Them. I don't know why. I just find them. <laughs> they're fake, is like, how I feel. Very fake. Very. And they're constantly just bragging about, you know, that they're the only one, they have the best relationship and telling people how to live their lives. Like, what? Why? Why are you? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't like how he takes so much shit from her family and from his father-in-law. And then he has to go and take it out on Cole. I don't like that either. Oh my gosh, dude, this is, must be what I liked about your videos. Cause I, yes, I felt the same way. I was like, dude, shut the fuck up. Stop aligning with your fucking wife about Cole. You don't like, come on. <laughs> I just, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't yeah. like that. Yeah. If you remember at the reunion, when, Cole brought up, or Zenab brought up that he he hooked up with a girl on his bachelor night or something like that, and she said that you know he that he told her that, and then none of the uh, guys were actually stand up for him and say that you know on bachelor night they were just the guys and he didn't hook up with a girl, and then at that point Brandon just suddenly lost all memory of the evening when what? Cole said, "Do you remember me?" Like, I'm like, why why are you suddenly now quiet? 
you've been so vocal before. Like you can at least say, no, he wasn't with any girl because he was there too. Yeah. It's crazy. He's just afraid to, because he knows Alexa doesn't like cold for whatever reason. And yeah, she, cause she could have never, and this is, this is me being mean right now, but this is, I can do this on a podcast. (laughs) I'm normally very sweet, but I think Alexa's beef with (laughs) Alexa's beef with Cole is Cole would have like, she could never get a guy like Cole. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why she just yeah, doesn't like him. He's too good looking. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's funny you say that. Like when you're like, oh, I'm being a little mean. Sometimes I also catch myself like on, if you see my reviews on YouTube, sometimes I feel like, am I being a bit too sassy? And <laughs> you know, sometimes you gotta let that side out as well. <laughs> we all have it in us. <laughs> yeah. Well, but and it, I, yeah, yeah it's, it's I love crazy. it when you do it. I think it's uh, yeah. I think you, you have a good balance. I feel like you're very, you know, you can say enough that, you know, that we're picking up on what you're saying, <laughs> but you're also, but I can tell you're, you know, you're being, you're being gracious a little bit, you know, cause it's, you'll, you'll like say something then you'll follow it up with, you know, she did have a troubled childhood, yada, yada, yada. And I'm always like, Indy, come on. Yeah. She's a bitch. Just say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they, she's definitely like, uh, Zainab is definitely, definitely a bitch who had a rough childhood. And Brennan, I feel like Brennan, I feel like Alexa, Alexa's running the show is how I feel. Now, the oh, editing might control that, but even in some sure. of the after uh, interviews that I've seen, have helped me go, okay, I was right about what I was thinking. Like it wasn't just all the edits that made them appear this way. Like they really yeah, are that way. <laughs> and if you see like the way, I think the way she was probably brought up, she clearly, she gets what she, whatever she wanted. And she's like, daddy's princess, and which is fine. I mean, good for her. But, but the way the, the dynamic between her, between Brennan and, her father and even her grandfather, it was like they were telling him quite clearly that you need to do whatever Alexa wants. Like if this yep. is, if this marriage is to work. Like so it's already started off in a very uneven yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but I don't know what he's getting out of it, but you know, there's I'll tell you I'm my brain's going all over the place because I, I wonder if one, he might be just a very compliant person. I guess that's possible. And so she's this yeah. strong, boisterous, overpowering daddy's girl. And so, you know, he's going to be one of those husbands that just kind of whatever you say, honey. And because, you know, yeah, exactly, exactly. The, I have all the money and you're going to want the comforts that I can provide. <laughs> you know, that's, that's me being oh, yeah, super that's, critical. That's but the other thing, the money thing as well. Yeah. The, the, the class thing, that's a, that was a very clear one in there. Like she's clearly, they're, they're very rich or very well off, right? Yeah. Like family. And I think that maybe that's intimidating for some people or yeah. they feel like they're lesser than that. I don't know. Yeah. I'd be shocked if it go. I don't I, season three, there's not one couple that I have any hope for. I'd put, I wouldn't put money on any of the couples. Um, yeah, forget about it. Yeah, I I don't I don't see any Brennan and Alexa. I mean, who knows? I don't think this will go the distance, but you know, who knows? But yeah, Matt and Colleen, like I I just there's just no way 
unless they both go to some serious, serious therapy. I think if they actually both go to serious therapy, they'll go, you know what? We're not compatible. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, yeah, therapy will definitely show them that this is, uh, this is fucked yeah, up. <laughs> oh my God. A match made in hell. Yeah, Absolutely. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's never going to work. This is, <laughs> it's funny. I, with Matt and Colleen, I think deep down inside, they both know that this isn't working. I mean, they're not even living together. They're right. afraid to, to live in the same house. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? <laughs> right. They're so funny. Well, Brendan was like, well, uh, you know, I, I could, I would never do that. I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. You don't know jack yeah, just, shit. You've been married a week. <laughs> God. Yeah, exactly. Like he's so, yeah. He, yeah. I don't know what, I think Alexa and Brennan could last a little bit longer if he does indeed, or if he is, like you said, just a compliant person, because some, some people are that way. I mean, it could, they could spend decades um, doing that. They could. And here's the yeah, other I, thing. Mark this down, Indy, that, that, that I said it, that I said this on this podcast. I, yeah. for whatever reason, I told my fiance, I said, I wouldn't be surprised if fucking like Alexa is a wannabe Paris Hilton. I wouldn't be surprised if she would even pay her own money to do her own reality show about her and fucking Brennan starting their life together or having a kid together or fucking buying a Malibu mansion together or something fucked up. And, and there's going to be a small yeah. group of people that want to watch a fucking Alexa and Brennan reality show, which I'm going to tell you right now, I wouldn't even watch it, but yeah, exactly. I don't think they're, they're um, interesting or charismatic enough to carry a show on their own. I don't I mean, either. No. I mean, I think it'll, I, I think I, it could happen. I, I, I don't agree. Yeah, I agree with you that she would want to do that for sure, but I don't know if anybody will be tuning in. <laughs> like, and yeah, anyway, I think we're going to forget about all these people very soon because season four is coming out. I, March <laughs> I, I just did a, so I actually do have a YouTube channel that I just never do anything on and, and this whole thing. And honestly, seeing you and all this stuff has made me go, man, I should do, I should start doing more YouTube and not just, I mean, I do my podcast weekly. Yeah. So I did a YouTube yesterday and talked a little bit about it, um, about the show. Uh, but yeah, that's exactly what I said. I said, guys, once season four starts, uh, we're going to be like Brennan, who like who Alexa, exactly. who are these people? Exactly. I don't even know who they are. And not only that, once, once you get past the reunion and kind of past this, like, does anybody know who some of those contestants on Survivor were? I don't fucking know any of them. I can't even think right now. Exactly. I don't even know. I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, there's so many. Yeah, there's so much content. But I mean, I love, I love the love related shows and related Me shows too. because I feel like exactly like what you said in the beginning about. I learned so much about. Um, myself when i watch these people especially love is blind what i what's very unique about it is that the the part that's still in the pods before they meet i find it really beautiful because everybody is just um i don't know just it feels like they're sincerely want to meet someone and want someone to get to know them so they're just opening their heart i love but then the second they meet in person it becomes like every other show and which is still entertaining but the part in the pods is 
I feel very magical. I love that part. I do like too. Very safe and and I wish you know. Yeah. Gosh, Indy, one of the things that it, as a relationship coach, and I've been doing this for twenty some years now, and uh, I, I I I'm so fascinated with love and relationships, and it's yeah. like what compatibility and chemistry and and all of those things, and I've become even more fascinated with it since. Uh, being with my my fiance, I've just never been in a in a relationship where I was this compatible and attracted and have chemistry and have. That's the the magic. You know, when I was single, I was you know I was living wild. I was doing the hookup thing, and you know I was just you know I was being yeah I was just being a a, a normal uh, guy fresh out of a, a relationship that just wanted to sow his oats that was religious and now he's not religious. And yeah. so now I can have sex before marriage. I'm going to live it up. So I, I was, I was, <laughs> nice. yeah, I was, I was living it up, but there was such a part. It was like, it was empty. That's what it, for me, it was empty. It was like, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm engaging in these, these relationships ish, but they're not fulfilling to my soul. And, and, you know, some of the women I'd go out yeah. with, like they were physically maybe attractive, like physically I was attracted to them, but then talking to them, I wasn't at all. And then other people maybe that I really connected with and, and maybe they weren't that I wasn't physically really attracted to them, but I connected with them. And it was such a conundrum because it's like, gosh, like you're a cool person, but I don't, I don't want to be naked with you. Like, so let's be friends, <laughs> you know, and then maybe they were attracted, yeah. you know, th but they were attracted to me. Just like I'm sure I was attracted to women. They weren't attracted to me. It wasn't all that they were attracted to me for sure. But, you know, it was just it was just this weird, weird dynamic. And and it wasn't until I met my fiance that we've even jokingly said, I said, you know, if, if I would have connected with you in the pods, like you would have been someone <laughs> yeah. that I would have really enjoyed talking to in the pods. And would have been nervous as fuck to meet you in person because I connect with her so well uh, outside of the physical that I would have been nervous that, oh, my God, like, what if she's fucking ugly? Like, here I am connecting with someone. What if they what if those doors open yeah. and she's just not my type? And, you know, I got lucky because yeah. she is my type. I mean, she's very stunningly beautiful. And so. I was attracted to her, but that's where my heart goes out. I mean, I'm watching the show and I'm literally pleading with Cole, like while I'm watching, like pleading with go, dude, pick Colleen, pick Colleen. Don't yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, pick yeah, yeah, Zinab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I can see Zinab. Yeah. I know you're not going to like her, you know, and she was beautiful. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that Zinab wasn't beautiful. I just, I don't know. I just saw Cole and Colleen. I saw Bartice and Raven. I hear you completely. Um, I'm actually surprised that not many people do a, a, an immediate, um, you know, the point where at Love is Blind, when the doors are open and they see each other for the first time, I'm surprised by, or maybe actually I'm not surprised. Maybe it makes sense that how many people just go through with it, even though you can tell they're not attracted. Like, you know, most you ever do. That's I think Bartice did it. Yeah. Don't you think? It's, I think he was like insane. instantly like, oh. Yeah, 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 totally. And it's but not because she's way, ugly. Have you ever seen? Yeah, it's got nothing to do. Like Nancy's, you know, 
pretty girl, but you can tell he wasn't in, he wasn't into that. Right. But he but he tried and he said something like, "Ah, oh, uh, the only thing I think that he liked were was were her boobs." <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> and that's literally the only thing that he commented on. I was like, "Okay, so he's trying to find one thing that he likes." <laughs> But uh, there was one. Uh, there was Love Is Blind Brazil. Have you seen that one? I have not. Oh my god, it's insane! It's season two. It's really very messy in the best way possible. <laughs> okay. And there was one guy um, who uh, who really connected with with a girl who was overweight, um, and they were talking, and she was always giving him hints like, "Um, you know." She never told him that she was I'm, overweight. I'm she said that <laughs> I'm healthy. <laughs> yeah. Or guys, guys, oh, I'm afraid that you want to see me, you'll run, or people run, or, you know, but still he wasn't, he wasn't like, I don't know, he didn't pick up on that or didn't want to because another girl had turned him down. So, but when the doors opened and they saw each other, you could tell immediately he was not into it at all. And he just was having such a hard time to even hug her. And then... He immediately went to confessionals and was just talking to the producer or the camera. And he went like, oh, you know, I can't, I can't be with such a strong woman. I can't be with such an independent woman. Which clearly he's, he, he's trying to say a fat woman. <laughs> just, oh, I can't, I, can't, I can't be with such an independent woman. I can't be with such an independent. I'm like, what? <laughs> but you should see the season just for, for the reaction. Because this was the first time that somebody was honest from the beginning. Okay, I'm not attracted to this person. I can't. Right. I can't pretend for the next couple of months to be into it and then reject them at the altar, which I kind of was heartbreaking, but I loved the honesty of it in a way. Me and I wish too. more people would do that on the other one. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I'm with you, Indy. I don't think that everybody was being, I mean, they were being, I mean, Bartice and Cole clearly were trying to be honest about yeah, not yeah. having the physical attraction as much as they were having the the pod attraction. I mean, they were definitely alluding to that, um, which I, you know, I knew it. I mean, I knew that was going to be their reaction. And 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 you know, my fiance and I talked about this portion of it. Obviously, there's matchmakers working behind the scenes, and you know, they're picking Cole and they're going, "Okay, yeah. we've got Cole. He's 25." Ba 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 ba. Okay, we've got Zenob. We've got Colleen. You know, I bet I bet you they put they pegged him with Colleen. Probably, they probably pegged Bartice with uh, Raven, and you know, I bet they were kind of behind the scenes having conversations of who they thought might be compatible with who. But they all yeah, were interesting. They, yeah. in my thought, they were all fairly attractive. Meaning, it wasn't like you know some. I can't even think of who was super unattractive, but it's, they didn't have some person out of left field that, you know, was just ugly. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're all decently <laughs> attractive, you know, decently, they have good jobs or whatever. And they're, they're all decently, even though Nancy was pretty wealthy and it seemed like once Bartice heard that, he felt like he was maybe more attracted to her. But anyway, you know, I, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. did you see his eyes kind of glow? <laughs> yeah, I remember that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, okay, we can make this work. Yeah, like, you know what? Yeah, I this, think this I do I have, <laughs> I think I do like her. Um, all of a sudden there's an attraction yeah. all of a sudden. I don't know what this is, but, uh, yeah, I, but I, you know, that's what's so fascinating. What All the stuff that we're saying right now, that's why it's so like Love is Blind is so appealing to so many people because even though we can't relate to the concept of the pause, but 
we all of us go through these kind of things where we try to convince ourselves that we like someone a little bit more than we do and you know it's it's this stuff is very relatable in a way right it is it is and i'm i'm with you i to be honest i hate reality tv it's it's always something that i just like I've judged people that watch reality when they're like, Oh my gosh, the bachelor. I'm like, Oh my, I just roll my eyes. Like, Oh dear God. I just, I don't get into like yeah, yeah, the yeah. Kardashians. Like fuck. Oh, I don't give a shit about all that, that stuff, <laughs> but love is blind. So my, <laughs> my fiance, the, the, the power and the influence of, of your, my fiance and the, and the love you have for someone. One of her friends said, Hey, you should watch Paris and love. And I'm like, when she said, would you mind, you know, do you want to try an episode and see what you think? And I was like, sure, babe, let's do it. So we watched one episode of Paris and love. And I was like, okay, I'm a little, I'm a little pulled in, you know, I grew up, you know, knowing of Paris. So, so we watched video, you know, season or watched it. We finished it. And I was like, okay, that was really, really good. I really enjoyed it. Well then uh, love is blind, which I'm like you, anything relationship oriented. I, if it's not just drama, fucking shit showy, I, I enjoy it if there's things I can learn. And I, she said, you want to try Love is yeah. Blind? I said, yeah, let's do it. So we watched episode one, and I'll be honest, I was hooked. I'm like, okay, this is a fascinating concept. This whole Love is it Blind is. and soulmates and, and, you know, your person. And and there was a there's a book I read called The Soulmate Equation. I'll send you a picture of it. It's, um, yeah. it's, it's a fiction book about a DNA test that you, you, you give your DNA and it matches you to your soulmate via your DNA. And it's just a fascinating, it's not real. It's a, just, just a story, but it's such an interesting yeah, but the concept. concept is, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. That they literally can match you with your soulmate. And they say anything over a, like an 80% match is like, golden like if you're if you're an 80 percent or above match and they said no one has a hundred percent match of course in the book there is one uh, it's the owner of the company that does the <laughs> dna testing that has has a hundred percent match with someone <laughs> but anyway I, I feel like i've seen i've seen I've, i feel like i've seen a fiction show on um, netflix that deals with the same topic it just shows you that this kind of age-old idea that we're all really in search or like at least we toy with the idea. Is there someone out there who's the perfect fit for us? It's uh, and I don't know. Do you think there is? If, you know, do you believe in like one soulmate or? Yeah, that's a, such a good question. I don't believe in soulmates in the sense of there's like some creator that created this one other person that is that I need to find right. because that's just the yeah. That I just feel like that's that's daunting and sad. Like there's one, how am I going to find the one? <laughs> but I do believe, and especially now uh, being with my fiance, that you really can find someone that is like soulmate-ish. Like we feel like we've, we've, our first date was so familiar and so serendipitous. It was just this weird, like, huh? I oh, feel instantly at home with her. She felt the same way. I felt very comfortable with her. I did not hide. I didn't try to impress her. I was like, you know what? I'm going to fucking be me 100%. And if she doesn't, because I, I smoke weed. And so I'm like, I'm not hiding that I smoke weed every night, pretty much. 
Like I'm not hiding, like I'm not hiding anything. There's nothing I'm going to hide from this woman. And she loved everything about me and, and vice versa. So, so now, yeah, I don't believe in soulmates, but I believe in the concept of, yes, you really can find someone that you're just so compatible with that it feels like a soulmate. What do you, can what do you I think? ask how old you are? Yeah, I'm so okay. Uh, That's a good question. So, so I'm I'm 53 and my fiance is 33. Okay, yeah. Okay, that that gives me hope cuz I'm 44 and oh, I God. feel like okay, okay you look I'm, great for your age. <laughs> thank you. And I feel like I'm just now starting to get into um like I feel okay, I don't know. The foundations are being built for for, for me to meet someone the way you met your fiance. Yeah. Cause I I'm, I'm in search of like that person, but I feel like every time I go on a date and it doesn't work out, I'm quick to just like, okay, never mind, We're done. I'm, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I'm scared or, but to answer your question, I mean, I, I think I like how you described it in the sense that not a soulmate, but there, that there is someone whom, you know, around whom you, you stop pretending and you drop the act and you show yourself. Well, yeah. Yeah, and, and then you're attracted to them, and they're attracted to you physically and mentally, and yeah, yeah. I don't know. You're giving me hope that that person is out oh. there, so I don't know. I yeah, like to think that I believe they are. I believe that they really are, and it's it's one of those things that we're compatible even on things that don't matter. It, you know what I mean? Like I I feel right because I did a I was interviewed on this show. This there's a documentary coming out, and they have me on there as a relationship coach talking about this. But I I feel people say opposites attract. Well depends on what kind of opposites you're talking about. If you're talking about one person is extroverted and the other person's introverted, well, that's okay. But if you're a vegan and they're a meat eater, that, especially if they're a, like a animal rights vegan, like a PETA vegan, like that's going to be, yeah, exactly. you know, that's going to be a difficult relationship. Or if you're super fucking religious and, and you're with someone that's not religious at all, I feel like that is going to, cause that can be an issue. So those kinds of opposites, I don't think that's good for compatibility, but different personality things of, you know, outgoing and reserved or someone that's more loud and the other person's more quiet or one person's a spender, the other person's a saver. Well, I mean, that kind of stuff, you can, you can navigate through that and work that out. But if it's big fundamental, you know, they're an asshole and I believe in kindness they're a couch potato and I like to, you know, be out and about and join nature. Well, that's going to be pretty difficult to manage, I think. Yeah, no, for sure. I agree. I mean, I think opposites can attract in the sense that you could probably have good sex. Yes. But I don't think you can have a good relationship with someone yeah, that you yeah, disagree with on fundamental issues. Yeah, but you can have a good fun night together, I guess. But yeah, I don't think it goes more than that. Yeah. Indy, listen, I want to, I want to do another podcast with you. I, I seriously, we could talk for five hours. I, I think, um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I know it's nighttime there. Cause, oh, cause you're in Amsterdam, by the way, everybody he's you're in Amsterdam. Is that right? I, uh, I am in Amsterdam. Yeah, indeed. And I'm, but I'm actually, I'm going to come and perform my show in Los Angeles at, in the second half of June. Are you serious? Yeah, and it's actually funny. It's called How to Prepare for the Love of Your Life. It's a, a live therapy drag comedy show where I play 
myself and a therapist giving me advice on how to find the love of my life. <laughs> oh my gosh. Listen, I, we'll need to talk cause I'll need to see if we can get out there. Yeah, that would be amazing, man. Yes. That would be I'm, so I'm cool. I have the exact date. Yeah, I'm, uh, it's going to be somewhere between June 15 and 25th, but we still didn't. But I'll definitely send you the dates once I have them confirmed that which day exactly and the time. But yeah, it would be awesome if you could make it. Oh yeah. my gosh, yeah, that'd be so dope. I will, I will definitely. Uh, as soon as we get off here, I'll talk to my fiance, and and as soon as I get that info from you, yeah, we'll see if we can make that happen. It'd be great to connect in person. Yeah, I would love it. And maybe we can have another podcast once season four is out and there's more, I'm sure, more mess to, to analyze. A hundred percent. We're going to do for sure, do another episode yeah. for sure. I'm excited. I'm going to do an actual, I'm going to start doing a YouTube video after each episode. Um, yeah, I'm not exactly. as, I, I can't lip sync exactly. and do all the stuff you do. I mean, you're, you're, you're really, I'm just, I know we don't know each other, but I'm just so inspired by you and, and proud of you. And I can see that Thank you. you're, you're, if you stick with this, I'm telling you, uh, keep doing what you're doing and, and you're going to blow up. This will be something that will be, uh, a, a big thing for you. Oh, so, thank you so much. yeah, yeah. I'm really thank looking forward so, to seeing so that much. journey. Yeah. Well, brother, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. And we will definitely stay in touch. Thank you. It was fun. Yep. I'll see you, brother. All right. Great. Love it. 